Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Stylish footwear is sold. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. To the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller is producing the program for us. Glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Kershaw Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at M. Giannato, Mark, good day, sir. Big day for John Morant, Jeffrey. We'll figure out if he's going to actually play tonight, game two, for the Grizzlies against the Lakers. Also, his shoe came out today for the public. Long time coming. Long time coming, yeah. Much delayed, a bit subdued, mm-hmm. but uh, it was available online on the Nike app and Allegedly. website. Well, it was apparently, according to Michael Cole, it was sold out by 1130 in all sizes. So we did the gimmick on Jeff's show of... Try to buy the shoe. They went on sale at 9 a.m. I refreshed it, had a pair. I'd even gotten to like the checkout to where I'd put in Jeff's credit card and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by the time that I'd picked confirm purchase, uh, it was like, uh, per, uh, per, purchase can't be processed Those at this time. Those shoes are gone. And yeah. I, I apparently... Others experienced the well, same issue. What happened is, yeah, they ran out of size real quick. And so what happened is they also were released at, like, select retail stores today. And here locally, I believe it was Hibbit Sports and Foot Locker had them. And so we did a story that should be up soon on commercialpill.com. I, I, me and DeMichael went around to a couple of these stores to try and find a pair. And you could get it. Like, you know, like I was at the... The Foot Locker at Oak Court Mall when it opened today, like there were like twenty people there, and they all got shoes. You know, like they all, you know. And um, I went to the Hibbit Sports on Summer Avenue. They had sixty pairs to start within the half an hour. They were down to four, and they were all kid sizes. Um, so you had to be, you know, you had to be Johnny on the spot, so to speak. But you could get a pair. I, I think it's only the day one jaws, the like pastel colored ones. Easter flavor, if you will. Mm-hmm. They were like they're like base coat of like light blue, 
Yeah, a little like pink, the, pink sole, yellow, I think. Or yeah. whatever. I don't know. I'm not a shoe enthusiast. But I had a, I was just talking to you before we came on air. Sneakerhead is the appropriate Sneakerhead. Yeah, you're right. I'm not a sneakerhead. I'd never... I had never done anything like I had never been I've never stood in line for shoes or like scrambled like you know what it reminded me of when you and Jeff were doing it, it reminded me of back in the day when I'll never forget it WWE or was WWF at the time backlash mm. was coming to pay backlash season coming to MCI Center oh, yeah. in DC and you know it's a throwback when MCI was still a company in good yes. standing that could actually, you know. And I had my dad and you know, like I had I was on hold for like an hour and a half with Ticketmaster trying to get tickets, you know, right when they went on sale. Um that's what this kind of reminded me. Like that's like such a you don't do that anymore. Like you just go online and do what you did with with Jet, but I was like I I people I, still wait in line for iPhone releases. I don't know, but I, I at that Foot Locker, like I could have gotten a pair of Jaw shoes in my size, and I was like in my head, I was like, well, because like I will give, I'll give Jaw this, like I have no idea if it's a good shoe to play basketball in. It's an his shoes are pretty attractive. I think it's like a pretty good looking shoe. They look comfy, and they also look like you can. I've you can had, wear. It feels like it's a type of shoe you don't have to wear to play basketball. Like you can wear it. Yeah, I've going always had a problem. Like if you're someone that wears basketball shoes. With jeans and whatnot, like, all be like, it's not a thing for me. Yeah, we're a little old for that look. Let's just be real. Oh, I don't know if I told you this. Or we're either got, a little old or we're not like cool. Like, like Penny can pull it maybe, off. Maybe a little, cool. little column A, little column B. Yeah. Um, I didn't tell you, I got emasculated before seeing Yikes. air last week. Mm. So, emasculated. Uh, yes. So, I'm going to buy the ticket, and the guy behind the counter goes, You got your J's? And I was like, uh, eh, my, my buddy called me late. Like, I had, to, I had to hurry over here. I don't live downtown. And, uh, oh, you uh, thought you weren't going to get a ticket? Uh, you thought you weren't going to get no, in? but it was just like, no, I knew he was obviously going to sell me a ticket. Like, But, like, the look on his face when he saw that I was going to see the Michael Jordan movie without, without wearing my Jordans, that was a tough scene. Well, well, basically, what, what we gathered from the employees at these shoe stores, because, you know, this— the only other times they see stuff like this where people are lining up to get shoes is when, like, a new Jordan comes out. So that's a good – it seems like all – you know, ultimately, like, one of the big questions with Ja was how was this whole – all the stuff he got into over the last couple months especially, how was that going to affect his his uh, Q rating, if you will? And at least when it comes to the shoes, well, very clearly it feels like Nike changed their – approach to marketing it but still it feels like i also don't know know if this is selling okay i don't know if this is the spot like that i would be running the exit poll like in memphis i think no but like the nike app is out of them like that's not just memphis we also don't know how much did they stock like it could be one of those things right and it's only one version of the shoe but i would say at this point it seems likely that it was at least a successful launch from a sales perspective my my decision was not to i I wouldn't feel comfortable, and you 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 think this is crazy, but I don't I don't think not, I don't necessarily think it's crazy. I, I don't think I'd don't feel care. comfortable wearing John Morant's shoes since I cover him. How many people, if you're walking, I know around, other people would not agree with that statement. Uh, I, I'm fine, like if that's your approach. I will admit, I think it's a little weird if you're a journalist and you're trying to buy them on the first day. I agree mm-hmm. that I think that's a little weird, but I would also argue, unless it's a stunt, when you're well, yeah, I mean if it's. If it's, it's a radio stuff. Yeah, if it's a publicity play, it's obviously a different <laughs> thing. Um, I 
I just don't know, like, how many people, when if you're, say, for instance, you're covering a game. Let's say next year. You're covering a game, and you're wearing jaw ones. How many people are really going to know? Eh, I don't know. People pay attention. Like, you know, people, like, I'll, I'm going to bet less than half that arena would know. Sure. Half the arena, yeah, sure. But, like, someone would mention it. Yeah, and also, like, what if it turns out that they're, like, like a nice, a comfortable shoe for I'll give you a maybe example. some of us that have put on about 20 pounds and, and you know, maybe we need to be a little lighter on our feet. I'll give you a perfect example. I This season, at the beginning of the season, I bought a pair of Reeboks for the first time in forever. They still make them? Yes. DSW had it, so it was like, That's, uh, Okay, know, that checks out. You know? Um, Could, and, you couldn't make it to Rack Room? And, you know, Willie Gregory saw me in those Reeboks. Mm-hmm. The board of board of directors member of the Nike board of directors member who lives here in Memphis, a big Memphis fan, saw me in those shoes. And was like, "What are you wearing?" Like, was I, he, he was like, he literally goes, "Do I need to go get you a pair of Nikes?" Like, I mean, you yes, can't, you can't wear those in this town. Like, you know, jokingly, but also like, you know, I just didn't know you could still wear them. Period. <laughs> you didn't know they made I Reebok. I honestly thought Reebok. I thought Reebok had gone the way of Converse. Well, I can tell you, it was Karma. I started getting like a blister wearing yeah, them on my on my pinky toe. I mean, keep in mind, I'm also coming from the perspective of I am an absolute whore for the swoosh. Yeah, no, Nike is the best shoe. I mean, I don't even know if it is. It's just like the ultimate marketing gimmick. Like I'm, I'm, Nike and Apple, they've got me, and they've got me for the rest of their life. <laughs> well. That's just one of the big things going on today in Memphis. Obviously, the humongous event, humongous event. Is Grizzlies Lakers did game you try to two turn humongous into a superlative? I think I did. Yeah, I think I did. I got too excited there. Um, we've got Lakers Grizzlies game two, six thirty tip. You can listen to it right here on ninety two nine FM ESPN. It is going to be the focal point of buy sell short or go to Reddit to start off our Wednesday show. Uh, David Cobb will join us at two forty or so. Maybe get his thoughts on the Grizzlies as well as talk transfer portal. Three o'clock or so, we'll get into the list. Penny Hardaway spoke today, Jeffrey, uh, about Mikey Williams and uh, also got some news of a prominent transfer portal visitor on campus today in Memphis. So we will dive into that in the list, and then we will wrap things up by getting you ready for that big game at FedEx Forum. But let's start with a little buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey Show, where we either buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. All right, Jeffrey. As I was working a little bit before the show, you you did the Lord's work mm-hmm. and came up with some buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit topics for yourself and mm-hmm. me. Um, and I think they're pretty good. Thank you. So let's go with your top one, though. I think this is a good one to start with. Buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. Tonight's game two will remind everyone that this lakers Grizzly series is going to be a long series. So that essentially is a long-winded way of saying, because the only way it's going to be a long, right? The only way this this is a buy is if you're thinking the Grizzlies win, right? There's no way you, there's no way the I mean, Grizzlies can lose and you come out of this thinking, well, this is going to be a long series, I mean, right? Theoretically, they could go to LA and win two. Yeah, they could. Would I bet on that? one of the league's worst road teams going on the road against a team that I think is clearly motivated to, I think, 
I think they know from an age perspective they're better off getting this over with quickly. My first answer is, God, I hope so. Um, but for the sake of the game, I'll say I buy this. Okay. I really think we are overlooking the fact that Roy Hachimura had 29 points. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my point is this. There were alarming things that happened in the game. It was still a drastic overreaction. The simple matter is, I think if you play that game 10 times, and if Rory Hachimura gets 29 points, all 10 times the Grizzlies lose. I just think that's yeah. the simple fact. And as someone who's watched Rory Hachimura well, just go Wizards, look at his game log. I've just, I've just, I, I have too much, like, that was the best he's ever looked, it felt like. It's the best game he's ever played. I think he had 30 in a game at some point, okay, but, but not a playoff game. He set a Lakers record. I, I guarantee you points per minute he was, it was the highest. Yeah, probably right. But he set a Lakers franchise record, one of the oldest franchises in the entire NBA. He set a franchise record for most points off the bench. I don't think it was a franchise. It was the most since I thought they said it was the most, the 29 points was the most the Lakers ever had off the bench. I think it was the most. Oh, maybe since Magic or something. It was the most since, uh, it was the most since like Michael Thompson, I believe, had like some. Shout out his son who went to Pepperdine with me. My first Facebook friend. Oh, he's not, isn't he? He's. Clay Thompson's his son too, right? Yes. There's two of them. Yes, okay. Michael and Clay. Gotcha. Okay. Are the sons of Michael. Gotcha. But I still think everyone like this team has won games without yeah, he winning. Ti- you're right. He tied Michael Thompson's franchise record for playoff points off the bench. So there you go. Yeah. And on top of that, like they hit shots they typically do not hit. Mm-hmm. And I'm just missing the point of the Lakers did not all of a sudden become the best team in the West. Like, this is mm-hmm. – did no one watch the Timberwolves game? Like, this team is – I'm not saying that they aren't, you know, that they're clearly not improved. No, you saw in the Timberwolves game sort of what they look like when the role players aren't hitting shots. Correct. And they were hitting shots in game one. Correct. Um no, and, and I should point out, as we're talking about this, I got something incorrect yesterday. I said the Grizzlies have never come back from down 0-2. They did once in 2013. They've never come back from down 0-2 losing the first two at home. Yes, but I got that wrong yesterday, and obviously that lingers over the proceedings tonight, is that you know if you fall in an 0-2 hole after losing the two home games, it's just... Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I was curious, what's the percentage? Yeah, like, have we, like, that infamous, there's that famous Bulls-Knicks series. Uh, I want to say it's 92 or 93, where, remember, the Bulls were down 0-2. Oh, I care less about 0-2. Here's, here's what but I, I think that was, that was much like the Grizzlies series against the Clippers in 2013. It was, it was the Bulls losing two games in New York at first, and then, you know, having home games. So this is what I thought was interesting. How many teams have lost game one and gone on to win the series? Obviously, we saw the Grizzlies do it last year. The thing that I thought was interesting, Mark, it's happened 181 times in the history of the NBA. Mm-hmm. 9% of those times have happened in the last two years. So I'd Say that one more time. So it's happened to 181 teams. Mm-hmm. It's hap- it happens at a 22% rate. So if you lose game one, it's something like 78% of the time you win the series. Including all, you know, it's first round, second, first round, conference semis, conference finals, finals. 
It's happened 22% of the time, which I think roughly was 181 times. 9% of those 181 times have occurred in the last two years. Mm. So it's no longer... It's happening a lot more It's a lot more frequent. And I think it makes sense why it's a lot more frequent. A, I don't think we're in the era of teams that are overwhelmingly better. And so when you lose game one, it's not the end of the series. But I think also it's like, Let's go back to how we felt after game one last year against the Timberwolves. And while everyone's still rolling their eyes, I still like, felt the a little different than this. But it's only because of, it's literally it's because, because of they, reputation. Yes, it's because, well, it's because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Timberwolves didn't. Correct, but the Timberwolves did have Carl Anthony Towns who had an unbelievable game one and they had Anthony Edwards who put up 36 in game one. And... You were freaking out because, oh, man, they they do a pretty good job defending Ja. You know, they, they make it difficult. This isn't, again, the Lakers can win tonight, and I don't think it counteracts my point. I just feel like everyone looked at the final score and assumed that that was a reflection of the game. Mm-hmm. The final score was a reflection of how the game got out of hand. And the Grizzlies, like, pulled their goalie and, and whatnot. But I still think that the gap between these two teams is not what the perception is right now. Yeah, well, and and the truth is, you know, I know it, it, different circumstances. They were probably more healthy last year. But remember, when Ja got hurt in the Warriors series, they went out and won a home game, game five, convincingly. In record fashion. Convincingly over the Golden State Warriors. Um, and so... You know, I think it's very uh, doable tonight, and I'm going to say I am going to buy this as well. I don't think the Grizzlies are going out like this. I don't think they're going. I, I don't know if they're going to win this series, but I don't think they're going out with a whimper. This, that's not what this team has been. That's not what I, I think they're going to come out and win this home game. And I wouldn't be surprised if I know you. you I've been thinking about this more and more. I think you are right that the Lakers are a little different than your typical team that comes in, takes care of business game one, and, uh, you know, says, you know what, we did what we yeah. what we came here to do and doesn't really try that hard in game two. I mean, we saw it last night with the Clippers. Clippers, you know, won game one. It felt like even though they lost to the Suns, they took that, you know, they came out and played hard. But it was interesting if you listen to Ty Lue's press conference afterwards. He did not feel that way. <laughs> well, no, he did, but he he said it in like a surprising way. He was like, yeah. he was like commending his guys for going all out in the game I, as if he wasn't expecting them to because they had won game one. In fairness, I imagine you get a little hardened when you've been coaching when you've been coaching Kawhi for multiple years now. Like, I think you just learn to accept that the 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 slack off night is there. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I do think. If the Grizzlies come out in the first half and barrage the Lakers, I do think you could you, – there is very a very foreseeable scenario where the Lakers do go, you know what, we're down 20 in you know, at halftime. Let's, let's, let's head back to L.A. It's kind of – it's essentially what happened last year in game two I, to, to, to Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, and I think I – I do I think the Grizzlies are going to – whether Ja plays or not, I think the Ja – I think the, the – the Grizzlies are going to come out guns a-blazing in this one. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Number two, John Morant will play tonight at some point. 
Oh, it's something going at some point. Rated. Well, I think he's starting or not playing. I don't think there's. I don't think I don't see a scenario so, where he's coming off the bench. That's fine. My point is, he will step foot on the floor okay. with the clock rolling. Yes, um, game clock rolling. Well, I've had my answer since Monday. I've been. You're not, not backing down. I'm not backing down. I'm buying that John Moran is playing tonight again. I don't have any sourcing on this I, other than to tell you, like, I do think, based on people I've spoken to, that there, as of this morning, like, I I believe the Grizzlies had not made a decision after yesterday. I think this morning, or whenever Ja is going to go through his, they, they said basically there was an allusion to by Taylor Jenkins to like he's going to test it out today. Mm-hmm. Whenever that test happens, and I think it probably has already happened, that was what was going to determine whether he plays or not today. Like they were going to see how he felt when he woke up, essentially. And, um, but I just feel like with you know it's a pain tolerance thing. It's ultimately going to be up to Ja Morant. Um, and I just think. Knowing John Morant a little bit, like it's going to be hard for him to resist playing in this game. It's that important of a game for the team. And if it's really, truly just a pain tolerance thing, my gut tells me he'll try to give it a go. Uh, Forgive me for asking this. I just know that I played a lot of baseball. And I was the catcher. I got hit a lot. Can we not maybe do what everyone does? (laughs) Shoot down some Advil? Like if you want, if you want suggestions, I personally think the liquid gels help the most. Well, I think they yeah, can get him something more powerful than well, that. Um, but see, I'm worried about you don't want it too numb. Yeah, you don't. No, the thing is, like, when you take the and listen, I'm not recommending an Advil addiction. Mm-hmm. Hey, you get the ulcers in the stomach, that's fine. But like, the problem is when you take the, like the true painkiller, like you can lose feeling. Mm-hmm. Advil, you don't lose like the nerve endings. Yeah, I mean, I listen. I, I love my I love me some Advil when I'm not feeling great. I just don't know. Like, you really think Advil is going to be what puts them over the top? I I, I don't know. I don't I'm know about that. I'm just saying, like, I don't know about that. I, if it's a pain tolerance thing, like this is, I, I just think there are ways at least. Like, if have we not advanced to this point in modern medicine where we can't make you not feel a bruise for a little bit? And if so. I got problems with you, science. Maybe knock it off on all the COVID theories. Maybe try to figure out how to, I don't know, maybe let this guy play with some feeling in his hand. But the other thing is, is like ultimately it is a soft tissue bruise. And so when you are dealing contusion. with... Contusion. Well, they said bruise yesterday. Oh, no. Oh, they're actually using the... We went from contusion to bruise. Yeah, because contusion sounds better. Now, I'll say this. Giannis was listed as doubtful for his game tonight mm-hmm. with his contusion. Ja was listed as questionable. Um, and we've seen questionable. I I don't think it is last season questionable meant oh he's playing. This year it hasn't been that exact. Yeah, where but you I also can think, definitely say it. I also think if you compare to last year, mm-hmm. it felt like there were more chunks of the year where multiple guys were hurt, mm-hmm. and so sometimes questionable. Sometimes questionable was like all right, he's got to go, and then other like it was not the. It was not the foolproof plan, but to your point, I did not put any stock into questionable one way or the other yesterday. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm sticking to my guns. I think he plays tonight. I think he's going to give it a go. Do I think he's going to finish the game? I have no idea. I I just think he's going to give it a go. Yeah. All right, here's one I know that everyone's out there asking. Mm. The fact that this game's on TNT is good for the Grizzlies. Oh, is it? Aren't they usually uh, they've not? They've not won a game on ABC this year. They're 0-3. Oh, on ABC. Yes. Okay. T- their well, best is ESPN. Okay. 5-4. and four. They are 3-5. and five I will say this. To, to, but one of, the, one of the biggest, like, no apparent reason wins of the year, coming back from the road trip, the, the Shotgun Willies trip, mm-hmm. TNT game against Golden State. Interesting. Who's calling? Do we know who's calling? Ian Eagle, Jim Jackson. Oh, that's a good crew. That's a good crew. I think, I think maybe Greenberg, Jared Greenberg's the the sideline. I'm pretty sure Jared's the sideline. Man, that's a long time. I think he was in Sacramento. I guess that would make sense. He could get here. He was in Sacramento Monday. Two days ago. Yeah. And they fly first class. And that was, that was Ian and yes. Jim. That was, yeah, yes. you're right. That, that was the crew and that I'm pretty was sure on the Jared Golden was State. The... And that's a good crew. I like Jim Jackson, too. I think yeah. he's good um, as well. Um, so, I don't know. Um, it's better than ABC. I'm buying it. <laughs> it does feel like the Grizzlies. I don't think enough people are putting stock into the two o'clock start. Oh, interesting. Lakers are used to those afternoon Sundays. Grizz ain't used to that. Yeah, but it, they were on West Coast time, so it was really like noon for them. Yeah, but, I mean they 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 play that game frequently. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because because I always look I look at these national TV games. It just feels like doesn't it feel like like the Grizzlies haven't been horrible on national TV this year. They've won a few games, but it feels like every loss on national TV, for whatever reason, they get way more criticism for the national TV losses than the credit they've gotten when they've actually won the national TV games. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think the problem, though, is typically when they get beat, they get beat in, like, jarring fashion. Yeah. Well, and let's just be real. It's become increasingly clear that... There are a lot of people who don't like their shtick in the NBA. I and I think I I'm th- not saying I don't know if they're the most hated team. No. I don't think they are, but I think they're among they're among that group that bothers. I actually some people. don't think though it's that everyone's acting like that. This is picking on them. Go out through human history when people talk like the Grizzlies do mm-hmm. without much to back it up. Those people are genuinely not liked. Like I don't, I, I think everyone's acting as if this is some type of, like, oh my gosh, can you believe this? It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. and especially like, especially when you consider much of media is either or commentary is usually old players. You know what old players really don't like? The young guys that talk when they haven't done anything. Like that's consistently something that people don't like. I, I don't. It blows me away that people are like surprised by this. Yeah, um, but there are people out there who like to see him lose, essentially. I think that's part of it. Oh, I definitely think there – but, I mean, that's that's true about any team that talks. It's why yeah. – why am I staying up late at night to watch the Warriors press conferences after losses? <laughs> Duh! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's good. Do you realize how much content I consume after Herbert has a horrific loss? Like, I don't know, maybe blows a four-touchdown like, lead in a like, playoff game. I feel like, at least with Herbert, like, there are, I don't, I mean, have you started, like, a truther society? Because I feel like, uh, while I'll give you credit, I feel like you're going to end up in the long term, we're going to look back and go, Rivers. you're going to look, we're going to look back and go, Jeffrey was ahead of the curve, ahead of mm-hmm. the curve on the Herbert stuff. 
but I don't think there's a lot of people who have joined you yet. Oh, I've it. The movement there's started. A, there's a Truther oh, Society yeah. starting. Yeah, the movement has started. The Justin Herbert Truther Society. Um, I am going to. I think I'm going to sell this. I just I don't think I don't think the TNT aspect is going to play much of a role, other than other than you know those watching at home. If you choose not to do the Bally, you're supposed broadcast. to be a narrative guy. Hmm? You're supposed to be a narrative guy. I don't think the TNT parts. Part okay, of the buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. Mm-hmm. The fact that Pete and Brevin are back on the call is good for the Grizzlies. Buying that. There buying that. Yeah, we need it. We need the Bally Sports guys back. Um, that is the network was, that they are best on. I will say it was ju- you. You talk about jarring. Mm. It was jarring walking up to my media seats on the pinnacle level, yeah. and seeing Brevin, Pete, and Fish yeah. sitting up there. It's like, it's like, what are you like, doing? What, here? They're making you call the game from up here. Yeah. What the hell? And it's like, no, we're off. To, it's like you know, we're off today. And it's like, oh yeah, Pete's not wearing a suit. What the hell? Was he like in jeans or like nah, something like, like in a dress shirt? You know, he, was, okay, he wasn't so, uh, dressed like a schlub, but it was clear he I'll wasn't say, going usually on it's air. Like, he'll go like open collar. Yeah, like he, takes the tie. There off. was no jacket. Yeah, uh, it was just it was just a little and like you know, I was just like, what do you, you know? Like I was almost I was almost tempted to sit next to them and be like, mm-hmm. can you call the game? You know, call the game for me from up here. Yeah, you know, I can get my uh, you know. All right, you ready to really cook with some gas? Okay, here we go. Buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. Dylan Brooks cannot be the second leading three point shot taker for the Grizzlies tonight. Yeah. Well, man, this is tough because it may seem obvious, but I also think there are just going to be shots that the Lakers' defense is going to be designed yep, to go. And you should pass them up. <laughs> I'm going to buy it too. I'm going to buy it because here's the deal. You look at no, the numbers. He shouldn't be. When you looked at the total numbers, he should be the fourth. When you looked at the total numbers, Jaren should shoot I, I more than I think that's him. where I think if you look at total shots, he was behind Jaron. Obviously, I believe he was still behind Ja, and maybe like slightly behind Bain. But when it came to three point attempts, do you know where he was? One behind Bain. And this is the other thing. I'm totally fine. You know what? Like, I've thought about this. When Dylan goes to the hole. I'm usually more okay with that. I actually think he's a pretty creative finisher. And like he has he has a little more skill. But when it's from distance, my brother pointed this out to me. You couldn't see it because you were at the game. Mm-hmm. There was the side camera angle, uh, like the hard cam. Mm-hmm. And Dylan took a three from basically like the elbow. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, even with a free-throw line elbow, three. Yeah. His wing three, that's usually what he's good at. He hooks it. Mm -hmm. Like, the ball is not a straight shot. The ball spins from, like, right to left. And as my brother... It's like like, uh, he's bowling? Well, it's like he's hitting a a draw off the tee. (laughs) And my brother goes, look at that. He's like, have you ever seen that? I was like, well, I haven't really seen someone that shoots like Dylan in general. Yeah, the whole... But it all... And again... My brothers and I, we are, admittedly, we are suckers for form. Well, and I think Dylan, what Dylan does tonight, I think a lot depends on, like, what, if Ja plays, what version of Ja plays. Like, they're going to need him to score more if Ja's not playing. Right, and I'm fine with that. If he's attacking. Yeah. It's the, the reason, the other reason why he doesn't need to be the second leading three-point guy. I got no problem. Those are the shots the Lakers want you to take. That being said, I got no problem with him taking catch-and-shoot threes created off someone else's penetration. If he's getting 11 of those, I would say take them. 
My problem with him the trail is, three also. Similar. Like when, when he's trailing behind someone and they flip it to him and he can kind of step into it, I agree. When he when it's a catch and shoot situation, I'm fine with him shooting threes. The problem I have is like, for instance, the play where he in the first half where he gets the defensive yes, stand on LeBron. <laughs> And, like, he got the ball in transition, and you go, oh, God, he's pulling up. Oh, There's yeah. no doubt about it. 100%. And, indeed, that's what he did. He Correct. pulled up. 18,000 people, and who? Uh, what is that? I think it was around 2.5 million were watching. Yeah. All knew that ball was going up. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's a complicated question because I think he has to take and make catch-and-shoot threes. For the, you know, like, ultimately, I think, yes, it's a shot the Lakers want him to take, but if you're open, you have to take it. Like you just have to, but now, it has to. that sounds like a challenge. Okay. Don't encourage him. Okay. The second, I think we can all agree, the leading three point shot taker should be Desmond. Yes, and, and then the second should be Kennard. Yeah, it should be Kennard, and then I would say like I, I honestly, Jaren. I liked. I liked. I will say though, I liked that only four of Jaren's twenty one shots were threes. in game one were threes. Um, so maybe Dylan's third, but just because of. I would prefer Jaron be in the post more, but a distant third, you know. But in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. I'd want Jaron Jaron being the one taking those shots, right, as opposed to to Dylan. But um, yeah, um, oh, here's an interesting one. All right, um, you'll be fine if the Grizzlies attack Anthony Davis on offense again. Buy, sell, sure to go to Reddit. I think I'm going to sell this. I know what I just said about Dylan going to the hole, mm-hmm. but it's more like. Uh, it's more like attacking the rim, but it is very obvious to me. I'm willing to bet that about 70% of the shots the Grizzlies took were the shots the Lakers wanted them to take. And I also think... Well, the- apparently, according to the NBA's numbers, Anthony Davis was the closest defender on mm-hmm. 19 Grizzly shot attempts in Game 1, and the Grizzlies made five of them. That sounds about right. Yeah. And was Jaron was Jaren all five? <laughs> he was mo- – well, it's confusing because, like, then, like, the NBA's tracking data has Jaron as um, – Primary defender, whatever. Yeah, primary defender has Jaron as uh, – I got to look it up. I got to find it in here. Um, I want to say something like of his 20 – he had 20 shots, right? It had him – It. I mean, so this may be – I don't know if this is accurate because I know Ja hits hit a shot or two, like hit like a circus shot yeah, yeah. over Anthony Davis. But like their tracking data had Jaron as five for seven from the field going against Anthony Davis as his primary defender. Um, Honestly, the- but the other so I don't know exact. It's probably inexact. But the when G, when Davis was the closest defender, the Grizzlies were five of nineteen. That would suggest. Jaron was the only one to hit shots over him, but I think that might be off a little bit. Yeah, also, I never know, like, when it becomes, like, when Anthony Davis is rotating over, sometimes yeah. I think that doesn't count, but... Yeah, yeah. So, um, I just think, I think with Davis, I think they they should attack him because you want to try and get him in foul trouble. I don't know if that's going to happen. I just think they need... Xavier Tillman or whoever whoever he is defending needs to be a more active threat, if you will. And I don't know, like maybe that's you know, like for instance, Chris Harrington asked Xavier Tillman yesterday about like, hey, your three point shot 
was a thing, sort of. Like, you weren't a great three-point yeah, yeah. shooter your rookie year, but, like, you— It was a tool in the arsenal. You would use it. Yeah. And then, like, the last three years, you'd never shoot threes. Is that something you might, you know, think about breaking out, you know, hit— you know, being the guy who hits a corner three every once in a while to maybe drag Anthony Davis out. And, you know, Tillman Tillman was like, gave a kind of the answer of, I, you know, I can only take the shots I get, essentially. But like, and that he... The shots I'm allowed to take. <laughs> that um, he's not afraid to take it if he's open. Um, but like, just in general, I mean, I think part of why Anthony Davis was so effective is like they're using him defensively exactly the way the Grizzlies are using Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. They're putting him on the worst offensive player and saying, "Don't worry about that guy." Yeah, Rome. Rome. Yeah. And that's what you saw throughout, you know, especially in the pick and roll situations because Tillman's being used as the screener and Anthony Davis doesn't respect him as an offensive threat whatsoever in those pick and roll situations and it clogs the lane. Yeah, it's almost like I can't believe I'm saying this. Put some Draymond in your game. Like, I want to see you get a moving screen. They're not going to call them all. Well, and I think... If like, we, you need to clear some space. If Ja doesn't play, it changes things a little bit because I do think the ball moves better with Tyus Jones in there. And so maybe that helps you. You know, that's, It moves across the perimeter better, I think. That That's how you maybe can get, you know, if you can get Anthony Davis rotating... Yeah. Um, maybe he's not as effective as a lane defender today, but I, I personally think you do need to still attack him. It's just you need to be more calculated about it, and you need to be doing it. I mean, like honestly, you want, I, I think you want to try and get him into foul trouble early. I, yeah, I would I just, try. I, I just I, think you 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 play into their hands when you attack the rim with him, and I I just think in the playoffs, like you're not going to get the whistle as much. Like, here's not. All right, when we come back, we'll talk a little Grizzlies with David Cobb. We'll also talk college basketball transfer portal and more with Cobb when we come back right here on Gianotto and Jeffrey. 92.9 F. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ben, ESPN. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Call your shot every Wednesday at BetMGM, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place a $25 home run prop bet wager on any game and you'll receive a $10 bonus bet. Simply log into your account and opt in or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to swing for the fences on MLB Call Your Shot Wednesdays. It's just one more reason why the king of sportsbooks is the best place to bet on baseball. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, 21 years of age or older to wager, Tennessee only, new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is not withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. David Cobb covers college football and basketball for CBS Sports. Former Grizzlies beat writer for the commercial appeal. He's on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Cobb, status check for game two. I know when you throw in that I used to be the Grizzlies beat writer that a, a Grizzlies question is probably coming I think I feel okay, even regardless of Jaws' status, because I don't think there's any scenario where Rui Hachimura goes for like 25 Hero. again, right? 29. Like 29. Uh, that cannot happen again. It will not happen again. Uh, there's just no way. So I feel okay. The Grizzlies have been good, even when Jaw has been out over the years, because of how good Tyus is. And I just think that if they play Tillman a little bit less, uh, that'll draw Anthony Davis away from the basket and open up the lane. Grizzlies get it done tonight, even the series up. All right, you and I, you and I are simpatico. Uh, that's that's kind of how I feel. I, I just I just don't see them going. I I can see them losing this series. I, I just I I choose not to believe. I guess is probably the best way to phrase it. That they're just going to go out with a whimper and lose in four or five. That's not who this team is. There's too many yeah. dogs on this team. There's there's too much of that Dylan Brooks swagger, that, that swagger that, that Desmond Bain has. I think Jaron is even developing a little bit of an edge in a way that we haven't seen before because it, it kind of seems like he's flipped the switch and is willing to put the team on his shoulders and embrace the primary offensive role, which is huge. And if they play him at the five, like I said – um, he can really open things up for them and, and open up the lane for other guys to get in there and, and, and contribute. All right, let's turn our attention to the transfer portal. What's the latest update? Where are you? Well, I saw Memphis is uh, making contact with, with Jaden Bradley. Not, not, ju- not just contact. He's well, here. Wh- whispers are he'll be at the game tonight. Yeah, he's, oh, he's here in Memphis on a visit right now. Jason Munns Excellent. of the Commercial Appeal reported it earlier today. That, that's a big one. I've got him at 34. So he's actually one spot behind Caleb Mills, ironically, mm-hmm. on my list. It's now up to 40. Uh, if you end up with two of the top 40, that's a pretty good haul. Uh, and, and I think the pitch now has got to be different, too, if you're Penny, right? Because maybe if you talked to Jaden Bradley a week ago, it was, hey, you know, we got Caleb Mills coming, and, and, and Mikey Williams is probably going to start for us. But 
we can get you uh, at least a few more minutes than you got at, at Alabama, right? But now it's like, hey, man, uh, we're not sure what's going on with this Mikey Williams situation, and uh, there might be a chance for you to come in here and play 30 minutes a game. Uh, so the pitch looks differently now than it did a week ago, and I really like Bradley. Of, I mean, there's very few players that I have on here who uh, a, you know, averaged less than 20 minutes a game or weren't double-figure scores. He's one of the very few who is in that category who I have ranked because I think he showed a lot of promise at Alabama last season. Now, it is interesting. Apparently, um, according to this, um, he, was in, he was at NC State yesterday according to 247 Sports. So he's also done a visit to NC State and came here as well. Um, He's a former McDonald's All-American. As a freshman, averaged 6.4 points, 3.1 assists, but played in every game. Was like a key – how would you describe him? Like a key reserve for that Alabama team, right? Is that how you describe him? Yeah, absolutely. He was there in the rotation with veteran guards like Mark Sears – and Javon Quinterly. There's no shame in those guys. He didn't play much in the NCAA tournament. He played eight minutes in the second round and five minutes Maybe in the he Sweet 16. Yeah. Well, as the story goes, I was at the SEC tournament, and the way Nate Oates told it was that Jaden Bradley came to him. I don't. I mean, this is Nate Oates telling the story. Mm-hmm. Jaden Bradley comes to Nate Oates prior to the uh, SEC tournament and says, hey, coach, I think you should start Javon ahead of me. I don't know mm. if that's how it went down. That's how Nate Oates told us. <laughs> Hold <down>. on. <laughs> that sounds like when I, Hugh, did Hugh he Fre- tell him? Did he tell Hugh him? Freeze used, Hugh Freeze used to have a tell. His tell was whenever he would start something by someone came to see me in my office, you knew whatever he said after that was complete lie. Like, it was just like, that was, you know, it always worked out that it was always defensive Hugh. Like, that, 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 that reeks of a, he came to see me in my office. Yeah, that's set off my radar a little bit, too, as something uh, of Nate Oates trying to depict his team in a different light, uh, trying to show that these were unselfish, good kids. Listen, he just wants to be in the right place at the, at right, the time. right time. yeah. Okay, and that's off the bench. You know, he's a, he's a good teammate. And it just so happened that that was the exact right place I thought that he should be. Yeah, Exactly, exactly. So I have my questions about how that really transpired. But nonetheless, I mean, a kid with a ton of promise. Three he's a year years. removed from being a McDonald's All-American. Yeah. Yes, he, and, and he fits the. He fits the. Uh, there's another trend, cop. If Penny saw you play against him, yeah, 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 he had double figures against Memphis. I've got <laughs> yeah. checks out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, I think he would be great. Uh, you could put him with Caleb Mills, and either one of those guys can play on or off the ball. Uh, again, it wouldn't be a big backcourt. I know you know uh, Penny kind of alternates. It seems like between the smaller guards, and then sometimes it's you know it's like oh he really likes. But he's he's listed guards. at six three. He's not tiny. Like you could play, you could play. Let's say let's say Mikey does get out of this situation. I think there's a scenario where you could play Bradley, Mikey Williams, and Caleb Mills together. Yeah, uh, maybe that's a that's a guard heavy lineup. Uh, you know, if if your if your bigs are good enough defensively to get away with that, you could do it. Uh, the Mikey Williams predicament continues to interest me, though, because that has to be a question if you're looking at Memphis right now as a guard in the portal because so much of what Memphis was going to do next season and maybe still will do is geared around Mikey Williams. And if you're looking for a place where you can come in and play 30 minutes a game and score double figures, you need to know if he's going to be here or not. Uh, so also NIL resources, right, like, uh, I'm sure that, that Mikey Williams was going to get a bag 
if, if he's not getting that bag anymore, there might be more resources to go around uh, to other players. So I'm curious to see how Penny balances the uncertainty of Mikey Williams as he navigates the rest of the portal era. Well, it seems like so. His official comment today, he was like, he's not gonna, he can't comment on the case and all that stuff. Um, his his comment today was, as of right now, he goes, I can't even speak on the case out of respect for the ongoing process of what's happening. I don't know enough to speak on it. That's all I have to say about that. I don't really have anything else to say about it. But this is Penny. So, um, you know, he did have a little something else. Um, he said, quote, I mean, I'm going to continue to recruit. As of right now, Mikey is still with us. That's how I have to keep it until otherwise. That's why I say I can't really speak on the case. Nothing has happened thus far. Mikey, by the way, expected to appear in court tomorrow morning. Um, but I think that's how I would treat it. It's like, you know what? Like, I'm open to the idea if things clear up here of of taking Mikey Williams back. At the same time, I'm not going to wait for things to clear up. If I can find another guard, then that's what, that's what I'm going to do. And I think yeah. that's the right approach. Yeah, he can't uh, bank on Mikey Williams anymore. And it's a good thing this happened in, in April. I mean, it's a bad thing that it happened at all. But it's a, it's a good thing that it happened in, in early April and not in July or August. Because at that point, they would really be up against it. There would be very few available players to go out and get. But the, the reality is there's plenty of good players available right now. And if I'm... Uh, Jade and Bradley, you know, and it's NC State or Memphis. Well, NC State just got MJ Rice from Kansas, you know, a former, mm-hmm. a former, they were on the McDonald's All American court together mm-hmm. last year. And, and NC State just got that guy. They also have uh, DJ Horn, who could probably come in and get some numbers for them. So it seems to me like there might be more of a role at Memphis. And there, there's something for Penny to pitch there now because of that un- uncertainty with Mikey Williams. Yeah. No, and, and let's, let's just be real. He got him on campus. When Penny's gotten these transfers got, on campus, got a pretty high batting. Rate. He's got a pretty, pretty good, high batting. He's average. got a pretty good batting average. Feels like it's feels like the fact that he visited it. According to reports, he visited NC State yesterday, left that campus, and came immediately to Memphis. I think that bodes well for Memphis. I, I would I would imagine so. I would imagine so. So it's interesting because you're talking about a guy who's also got a little bit of baggage as well not nearly to the point of mikey williams who has obviously five felony charges that he is facing but jade bradley did catch uh, uh, some of that brandon miller flack as well because he was at the scene of that oh, interesting. where a woman lost her life yeah you know it wasn't a situation where he drove the vehicle right it wasn't to the level of brandon miller's involvement uh, but he was ensnared in that to a certain degree, not uh-huh. to a degree that's going to inhibit his ability to. Do we have enroll. text messages from him? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not. It's not as bad, but it's still. It's still not a great look. So I don't know uh, if if Mikey is coming too. Uh, boy, Penny would be expending every bit of goodwill with the administration. I would think to get both of those guys in. But hey, isn't uh, it a little different dynamic though here? Like honestly, like ultimately, like. One, I just don't. I think like you know, like Penny. Like, Penny's as close to being autonomous as yeah, possible. Yeah, like Penny. Like Penny's got more power than the athletic director here. Penny, you know, arguably you could make. I mean, your, in the end, you can Larry make, Brown showed up. Yeah, that's a good point. Like Larry Brown. Yeah, like took it took a year. 
Yeah, that's true. He just makes himself a target of of criticism, right? I, mean, I think it'll be outside criticism, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, no, like yes. from completely, the, the national media. On that. Yeah, but like I, one, I don't think, I don't think he really cares about that. And I, I'm going to be honest: if Penny doesn't care about it, I don't know if the administration's going to care about it that much. Well, that's good on Penny then that he's built up that goodwill. I mean, that's 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 so key, so huge in these situations where you have borderline players who an administrator could turn their nose up at if you're a coach and you've got you've got them on your side at, at, that can work wonders for you in terms of building the roster that you want but just for clarity i will all say that's though, been I, I said not, is, i think mark and i both agree with this if he if he's still charged with a felony and it's ongoing i don't think they can bring him on to campus no that's not going to happen yeah that's not going to happen he doesn't have like that kind and of and jaden bradley it appears not like all that's been said about him was that he was on the scene? He was at the scene. It seemed like there That's were a lot it. of people at the scene. Um, like all police was, said was, was that he party. was at the scene. Yeah, Alabama had a team party at the scene. It, it almost sounds like, but I mean, like I said, uh, Jaden Bradley was never charged. He did, he wasn't the he didn't own the vehicle that transported the weapon, but he was there and to a certain degree uh, involved in in whatever transpired. But, again, it's like if you can go out and hire Chris Beard, if you're Ole Miss, if you're Alabama, you can continue to play Brandon Miller. And Memphis can go out and get Jaden Bradley. But, but like we were saying, you know, if, if the national columnists catch wind of Jaden Bradley and Mikey Williams on the same team, right, like, uh, yeah, Memphis opens itself up uh, to criticism mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, so, so just something to be aware of. I, I'm not saying that to yeah. suggest Jaden Bradley shouldn't come. I'm just saying that that's a dynamic in play here uh, when you're dealing with you know, two guys who have been connected to things that are that are less than savory. Yeah, and I would say my gut tells me only one of them is coming. I think I think it might be related. Yeah. I I yeah. think the 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 reality is the San Diego area police were investigating this since the end of March. Like that's when the shooting actually happened with Mikey Williams. I find it hard to believe Penny Hardaway just found out about it when we did. That would be my guess. Yeah, so there's time for him to go out and make do in the portal. And you might look up, actually, in February and say, you know what, I'm glad we had some more experience in the backcourt than turning the ball over to a true freshman, a fringe five-star, and saying, hey, go navigate us through November and December and, and, and get us into position for the NCAA tournament. Like That, that to me, has always seemed like a – like a scary proposition for Memphis going into this next season. So I thought Caleb Mills was such a big pickup because he's a veteran. He's played four seasons of college basketball under good coaches at good programs. And now you add potentially Jaden Bradley, who has a full season under his belt for a number one seed. I actually feel better about that backcourt, the Bradley-Mills tandem, than I would, honestly, about a Mikey Williams-Caleb Mills backcourt. All right, Cobb, who is the who are like kind of the big fish – Still left in the transfer portal right now. We got Hunter Dickinson, right? He's still got to decide. Max, uh, what's his name? The the Oral Roberts kid. How do you pronounce yeah, his last A-Smith. name? A Smith. Um, who else? Ryan Nemhard, right? Those are kind of the three big fish left, right? Yeah, absolutely. Another one who I added to that group yesterday, Jalen Tyson, who. Mm. Flew under the radar at Texas Tech this past season, but he's one of the only real wings left mm-hmm. in this portal class that has any uh, NBA potential, I would say. A guy who shoots 40% from beyond the arc, 
great defender. One of those types of guys like Kevin McCuller was at Kansas this past year. Not your leading scorer, but maybe your best perimeter defender and your third option on offense. So he's in my top ten. I really like Jalen Tyson. Harrison Ingram still out there as well, uh, a former McDonald's All-American. Stanford kid, right? Pretty nice numbers at Stanford, yeah. And NBA prospect going into the season hasn't worked out. So, Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 